This morning, I hope that we will consider the courage of Esther to live into her true identity and how this may be the right time for us to do so as well. In your son's name we pray, amen. So for the next two weeks, our community and University United Methodist are going to be looking at the story of Esther. And if you're anything like me, I had to kind of refresh myself on the story of Esther because it's not one that immediately came up to my mind. Just as a general synopsis of the story of Esther, she's this beautiful woman who wins a beauty contest that's hosted by the king. And because she won, she gets the opportunity to live in the palace. And you may think, well, that's the end of the story, happily ever after, right? But as we begin to read the rest of the story, we learn that Esther is a Jew. And the king, along with this terrible man named Haman, chooses to set a decree to kill all of the Jews in their land without knowing that Esther is one herself. Esther has to stand up and reveal this part of her identity to the king in hopes to be able to save not only herself, but the entirety of her peoples. Today, we'll look at the first half of this story and kind of leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger in hopes that you'll come back next week and Daniel will be preaching on the second half of the story. You know, Esther really is a pretty interesting book. If you look at it in its entirety, which I hope you'll spend some time reading, it's not a terribly large book, you never read the word God in the whole chapter, excuse me, in the whole book. God's not named. The book of Esther becomes about witnessing God in action through people, through situations, rather, just, rather than just finding spots to see where God is a part of the story. I think for our lives, that could be true as well, that many times we may not hear God's voice or see God in front of us, but we may witness God in the people or the communities that we find ourselves. Esther can also be a story about how one handles fear. In verses 9 through 11 of chapter 4, which Alexander read today, we see that there's a real threat to Esther's life just by the mere fact of going to see the king without being invited, let alone showcasing this part of her identity that she already knows the king is not really pleased about. Fear can cause us humans to act in ways that we might not otherwise, things like running away, making poor choices, or even having regrets. Esther very well could have just won the beauty pageant, and stayed quiet about who she was as her Jewish identity and lived a fairly happy life in the palace as the king's favored one. But many times when we are living a lie, it comes back to bite us until we actually tell the truth of our full selves. So on the flip side, when we are truly living and leaning on God, we'll know the next steps through the fears that we might have. And I'm not trying to name that it would be an easy step or an easy path. We may not even be able to see what comes after that next step in front of us. But it is the right way when we're leaning on God that we'll know the next step to be true. Esther didn't know what was to come when she was going to go and tell the king about her true identity. 
But she did know that being honest about who she was, and she knew that leaning into what God was calling her to be was worth taking this mightily courageous step. Esther's story reminds us that there truly is a time for everything. And the part of a Christian life, the life that you and I have chosen to follow, is to discern what time it is for you and what God is asking of each of us in this particular moment. For many of us, I would maybe even argue all of us at some point, has been called into unexpected, unasked positions, and maybe for a particular moment, or what Esther says is, for such a time as this. Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe you're unsure about the, the job that you're in or a, a relationship that you've got. Or maybe you're a little bit nervous about going back to school. Have you ever been called by God into places or spaces that you didn't ask for? Think back to how you responded. Many of you all have heard this story before, but um, as Daniel said, I had the opportunity to attend Duke Divinity School. And when I was in seminary or at Duke Divinity School, most people came into Duke having a sense of what they were going to do. Um, my peers, I would say, when I started in 2014, knew they were going to be scholars or they, they knew what God was calling them into, many of them to be pastors. And when I started, that was my route. I came here very gung-ho that I was going to be a United Methodist pastor. I had started that route of the steps and conversations you need to have. And about halfway through my time, I realized that that was not what God was calling me to do. And um, as you could maybe imagine, starting a grad program in one way and realizing that you were going to end it, maybe not in the same trajectory, was a little bit daunting. Um, I had no idea what it was going to mean for me um, in terms of implications when I decided to no longer go through the ordination route of the United Methodist Church. I had taken loans and scholarships that were connected to being ordained. I had had people be praying for me as I go through the ordination process. Um, and for any of you all who are out there that might be on the Enneagram number two side of things, um, I'm a people pleaser. I like to make people happy. And I was really scared about acknowledging this part of my identity that I can reflect now almost 10 years later knowing I think that was always there. But part of that people pleasing was I was like, I'm going to be ordained because everyone's telling me that that's what I should do. Well, I, I came up to my official ordinating body and said, this is not the route that I feel like God is calling me to. And I announced that to my colleagues at the Divinity School and various different communities that I was a part of. And I, I can't say that it was a perfect ending. There was a lot of people who were confused, a lot of people who thought I was making the wrong choice. But what I did know is that I was making the right choice because it was a choice that God was offering to me. I had taken a whole year prior to pray and discern through it. And there's something about that gut feeling that knows that you're making the right choice. And I think a lot about that story when I think about the story of Esther. Now, there wasn't anybody or any group of people that was going to take out my life or, or my family or the people that I love because of the choice that I made. But in that moment, 
it felt just about as scary because I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know how people were gonna react to me. And I didn't know what the rest of my story, especially my ministerial story, was gonna look like because of this one choice that I was choosing to reveal. You know, there were even people that said, you know, don't think about it, just finish school, get ordained, you can think about it later. I was like, well, that's not being authentically who God created me to be. You know, God called me in a space that I didn't have an imagination or a vision for. God called me into an awareness that not all those who serve God will serve in ordained places, but we will all serve God in some way. When God called me, it felt like being called into the wilderness, but God did so with love, support, and companionship that only God can provide. I didn't always see it, and to be really honest, I'm not sure that I always believed it, but I knew that God was in action and that I could lean on that in my community when I was feeling lost. And again, it wasn't this life-threatening issue that Esther was having, though in my heart it did feel like that. But I do rest in knowing that the power of God that we all serve is bigger than anything that felt like it was going to take me down. And it seems in the story of Esther, as I was reading it this week, there's a little bit of a why me from Esther. This Jewish orphan, a child of exiled people, gets to be exalted into this super high position, a position that not many women were gonna be able to hold at that time. But this is no coincidence. There's a power working in this story greater than any evil. There's a power at work provincially orchestrating God's own purposes through the reaction of the king to Esther and through Esther and her courage to be able to be who she is and her full identity. Sometimes we don't know why we are in the position that we are or even the life season that we are, but we are not alone. God is with us. So for such a time as this, the encouragement that we read in verse 14 from Mordecai, who's Esther's trusted uncle, gives Esther what she needs as she decides to tell the king who she truly is. So what time is it for you? What might God be asking for you to do that would require revealing your true self? or maybe asking you that requires more courage than you've ever had to muster before? What might God be asking of kindred church at this moment? Revealing our full selves is a journey. And in my experience, when we begin to live as God created us to be, we also begin to have vision for the role that God is asking us to play in the world. For my story about being ordained, I had no idea what was next, but I think about the last 10 years and the opportunities that I've had to serve God at my job at Duke Divinity School with alumni or just here every week. It hasn't needed to be ordained and I've still felt like I've been able to fulfill the call that God has asked on me. For many of us in the room, we find ourselves and name ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. So who in your life knows that you come here every Sunday and are a part of kindred, or maybe are Christian at all? 
How would our world change if more people saw Christians who were humble and empathetic and convicted to the ethics that we are here at Kindred instead of being divided peoples? My husband asked me pretty recently um, if I was going to be switching churches. We moved um, a little bit farther away than we had been once before, and, and in his mind, we passed three other United Methodist churches. So he's like, are you going to go to one of these that are far closer? And it, the idea didn't even cross my mind because the people in this room and the people who continually to see kindred home are the types of Christians that I want to be connected to. They're the types of people that are going to go into the world and identify as being Christians in powerful ways. But if we didn't do that, if we didn't identify ourselves as Christians in spaces other than where we are this morning, would someone just see you as a really nice person? Is that enough? What if Esther just stayed the pretty girl in the palace and disowned her Jewishness? What would the implications be? You'll see in the book of Esther that there really aren't any true big miracles but rather the whole thing is a miracle of divine providence. People, places, time, actions, it's all a pretty miraculous story. Not Haman, not Satan using Haman could destroy the people of God, could put an end to the promises that came through Abraham and David, to the promises of the preservation of the nation, or for the coming of the Messiah, and the ultimate salvation of the Jewish people. No one, no matter how they attempted to destroy the people of God and the purpose of God could succeed because God's covenant of love will always win. I think both for the life of kindred and many of us here in this community, seeing that Esther chose to be in a community with her uncle Mordecai, with others in the Jewish community, while leaning on God, gave her the courage to be able to be in a season of life she wasn't expecting. It can be disorienting when life is taking you somewhere you don't know. But leaning on the fact that God doesn't leave us, even when we feel like God has, can be a source of strength and comfort. So I hope that you'll leave this morning thinking about how you can steward where God has placed you in this moment, instead of wishing that God has put you somewhere else. For such a time as this, my friends, to see God in action and to be who God has created all of us to be. Let us pray. God, I thank you for this church and for this community. I'm grateful for this story of Esther and the way that she was courageous in the midst of really deep and scary fears. Help us as we leave this space to go forward with the courage of Esther, to become and continue to be who you've created each of us to be, naming and holding on to the identity of followers of Christ and living as if you were here with us in these moments. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. During this time of reflection, you can reflect on Manoka's beautiful sermon. You can pray. You can sing along. Truly up to you.
Even the sparrow has a place to lay its head. So why would I let worry steal my breath? Even the roses you have clothed in brilliant red. Still, I'm the one who loves you more than this. You give me everything. You give me everything. You give me everything I need. Even the oceans 